Hey, my name is Sheldon March. Welcome to Wild. Hello there, Wild fans. It's another niche episode with your boy, <laughs> Liam here. And I have the creator, the godfather of the Wild podcast here with me as well, Sheldon. Oh, it's, uh, that, that makes it sound so much cooler than it is. The godfather of the Wild podcast. Yeah. Man, that's your title. It's pretty good, dude. We actually average, uh, I don't, I'm not sure where, where it's from, but if we had to look at some of the stats, I've actually never shown you, but we've got, we've got like two listeners in Norway, oh, nice. somebody in Denmark, somebody How in... I thought you were saying we've got two listeners. <laughs> no, it's me crazy. Me and my mum. <laughs> we've actually got about 15 people that um, would listen to an episode, whether it be uh, straight through or they listen to bits of it. But these nice. things take time, man. Man, if you're that person in Norway, we see you, we acknowledge you, we appreciate you. Reach out. Yeah, send us an email, dude. Send us out. Um, I want to meet these people that are listening to the podcast. That'd be awesome. Yeah. So we promised a spooky episode spooky. last podcast where we were going to go through our experiences with the paranormal. And the supernatural. We were talking about that epic show, Fact or Fiction, where that guy, like, roasts you every single time, when he's like, ha, you actually believed that? You well, dumb fucking idiot! <laughs> <laughs> that was written by our writers. Yeah. Dude, imagine if he was like that, if he was just in a bad mood on one day. He's like, what did you think? Did you believe it? No. It was false. Ha! Huh, you dumb fucking cunt. Why are you watching this shit? Why don't you go out and read a book? Dumb shit. So we thought we would do our own fact or fiction. So I'm going, this episode, we're going to tell our spooky stories, our experiences with the supernatural throughout our lives. I've got a fair few because apparently I am a medium. I can see and experience things from the other realm. But Sheldon wanted to kick off with his experiences with the paranormal. Lay it on me, Sheldon. I'm going to tell you whether it's fact or fiction. Well, the, the ones, so as I said, I've always wished that well, not necessarily wish, but I think that it would be something very interesting to experience a ghost or see something like that. Namely, namely something visual, right? I've always thought to myself, oh gosh, imagine, imagine driving at night through, through a neighborhood, you know, and I was a kid and I'd be driving, my mom would be driving and I'd be looking at, it at, the, at the houses. I always thought, imagine seeing a white face. Just, you know, look, you know, in a, in a window, like in one mm. of the home windows. There was actually this uh, bit of an old wives' tale of this particular house in South Africa that I stayed five minutes away from. And what had happened was a father had burnt down this house with his wife and his two kids inside. And the house had then since been rebuilt and um, not even like demolished and then rebuilt, but just fixed and then resold and there was this, this strange tale that if you drove past it at night uh, you could actually see one of the faces looking out at you which is always very very scary but you want to hear something good actually yeah. no actually i want to tell you this one my girlfriend's mom she's always been somebody who has had a bit of a connect not a connection but she's had a bit of a sixth sense when it comes to the occult and the supernatural she's a she's a she's a, a religious person but person she's christian and she has always sort of had this vibe that she can pick up when something is wrong. And she 
let me give you a bit of an example. She used to assist with exorcisms. Right. And she says that she was telling me the story where she was helping out at a church the once and somebody had come in for a sort of been like, please, you got to help me. My mom is possessed by the devil or my yeah. dad is possessed by the devil. And she was assisting during this exorcism. And the pastor was busy praying for this girl or this man. And this person screamed and burst into flames in front of my girlfriend's mom's eyes. She said she saw this. And then they threw this person into that big bathtub that she used for baptizing. And this person was being thrown into the, into the, the, the water. But when they were pulled out, they were still on fire. I obviously never saw this. Okay. That's fiction. <laughs> no, it's... Okay, well, to be fair, she, she told me about this, but this is what I wanted to tell you. So, when my girlfriend and her mom and her sister went looking for houses in Northcliffe, yeah. maybe about seven years ago, or eight years ago, this was right when I, when I met my girlfriend, um, they went looking throughout this area in Northcliffe, and they found this one house. And I've driven past this house many, many times. It's this huge house. Um, it doesn't look spooky in the slightest. And it, it's painted yellow, all that sort of crap. And it's got this deep basement. So my, my girlfriend's mom, they book a, a day to go and see, you know, see, see what used to happen. I mean, I, I mean go, and, go and look at the house. And they, they walk through the house and the mom feels a little bit weird. And she goes down into this basement. And this basement is painted pitch black. And the mom goes down and she literally gets chills. And she's like, we have to leave right now. For some weird reason, I'm getting this insanely horrible feeling. We mm. need to leave right now. And they get up and they go. And the, the mom is phoning this real estate agent. And she's like, listen, um, I don't want that house. But I, I got this really, really strange feeling about it. Who used to own it? And the real estate agent, was like, oh, I don't really want to talk about it too much. Eventually... The mom and that real estate agent started like talking a little bit more and they become they became a little bit closer friends and eventually she did buy a house through this real estate agent and this real estate agent told my mom that that first house was actually inhabited and then abandoned by a group of satan worshippers and that room at the bottom may or not have been used was there for ritual practices yeah their seance room or mm -hmm. whatever which is which is quite freaky. So, um, I think that was that was like I don't know why I was going with that story. But anyway, so th that was that was one thing I always thought was really really weird. I've never had too much of an experience with with the supernatural. I've always thought it would be kind of interesting to see what goes on. Uh, there's been one time, one time in my life where I was convinced that something bad was happening, and it was I was in bed at my house and my mom was gone. My mom had gone away for the weekend and I was laying in bed and I had this wooden board behind my bed and I was sleeping. My cat was next to me and my door, I always keep my door locked, but specifically when I'm alone at home, just because it's South Africa and you're a little bit more paranoid than you would normally be. And I was sleeping fast asleep. And my hand was by my head like this, like my, but maybe behind my head. Head might have gotten a little bit itchy, and I scratched my head and was right against the, the wooden post, and I might have moved, whatever. And I heard this, and I was fast asleep, and I heard knocking on my door. Mm. Extremely loud, 
super clear and I got so scared. I jumped up and there was obviously nobody there. And I just, I was so absolutely terrified about what that knock was because it woke me up. Yeah. I, I woke up from the knocking. I was like, oh my gosh, what is that? And um, for about two, three weeks, I could not concentrate. I could not sleep. I was so terrified. Wow. Turned out what had happened was when I was sleeping and my head was by my head, my head got itchy. And as I scratched my head, my knuckle just knocked on that wooden door, just knocked on the wooden yeah. thing by my duff, duff, duff. And I thought it was my door knocking. Ah. Turns out it was nothing. Besides that, nothing. I've never had a paranormal experience or anything like that. That would be pretty scary, though, if you're home alone and you hear knocking. Now, dude, back, back in South Africa, you're more scared of like people breaking in. You're not scared yeah, of Yeah, real people are scarier <laughs> yeah. than the supernatural. Sorry, before you get to your story, just one more thing. Hmm. This happened in my, uh, to, my, to my grandpa. Uh, there was this old wives' tale of this ghost back in South Africa where if you drove on this road, there would be a woman who would be hitchhiking, like in this dress. And then you'd be really, you'd be like, oh my gosh, what's this woman doing out by herself? It's like the middle of the night. And you'd stop and you'd pull over for her. And this happened to my, to my, um, to my grandpa when he was a kid and his mom was driving. His oh. mom was driving and he was sat at the back. And they were driving, and this is like 19, 1947 or 1950-something. And this woman is hitchhiking. The, the, they pull over and like, oh, my gosh, are you all right? You know, come, get in, get in. And the woman is very sort of quiet and all that sort of shit. My grandpa said that they were driving, and she, was, she didn't want to talk too much. Get, got into the car, and she was like, oh, I'm just on my way home, and oh, can you just give me a lift? And they were driving, and the next second you look away, if you look back, she was gone. Gone. Ugh. I don't know if any of this shit is true. Like, the more I say it out loud, the more I'm just like, oh, it sounds so crap. <laughs> well, even though I've experienced things in my life, I still am about 50-50 on whether I'm a believer or not. You still have that rational part of your brain where you go, yeah, that was probably bullshit, or I didn't really see that, or my eyes playing tricks on me, or... I don't know. Would you say you're a believer or not? Well, I would say that I'm a believer just because of the intricacies of life mm. and the spiritual mm. side of what I believe life can hold. But I haven't seen anything, you know, and there's so many people that have seen things. Yeah. I, I just think to myself, you know what, it's a 21st century. I think that if ghosts and stuff like that was as severely prominent as some people make them out to be, I think that we would have had some form of of proof by now, right? With everybody, everybody yeah. has a camera in their hand, all that sort of crap. There's a lot of times I, I said to myself, you know, I'm, I, I'd experienced maybe a few things. And then I said to my partner, you know, or I think it was my, maybe my parents, I said, I'm not a believer until I actually see something clear with my own eyes that I cannot explain. And then I would see those things in my life. And then I go, well, I guess, Based off my promise, I have to say that I'm a believer now, but I'm still 50-50. I'm like, yeah, I don't know. Okay, well, what are you gonna? Are you gonna tell me? Are you, are you gonna tell me stories, and I have to guess which one is real? Are you gonna tell me shit that is? I'm gonna. Exper- I'm gonna tell you things that I've seen and I've experienced. I want you to be devil's advocate and and see if there's a rational devil's advocado. Okay, I want you to try and say what, how you could explain it. 
Okay. Welcome to my kitchen. <laughs> have you seen that? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we have banani and avocado. I want you to tell me, like, yeah. oh, if it's true, if you think that's real, say so. But if you think it's bullshit, call bullshit. Okay, but you then you just have to tell me the honest truth. Don't over, don't like. Okay, it. I'm not gonna overdo it. I promise I won't overdo it. I'm gonna start with my mum, what she's experienced in her life, and then I'm gonna to go to my sister, and then I'm gonna to go to me, because I think if you believe in the gift, that it travels down, right? Yeah. You inherit it. I don't yeah. know. I, I honestly don't know. But my dad's never seen shit. <laughs> Neither. Oh, my brother has actually, but not as much. Okay. Shit. So, I think some of us are and some of us aren't. So, the first thing that I think my family could say was that my mum was asleep one night. And then she woke up and her, her mother, so my oma was sitting on her bed and patted her hair and gave her a kiss on the cheek. And then when she woke up, um, Omar had died. And they were living in different parts of Australia. Dude, that's like, I've got like uh, chicken skin. <laughs> <laughs> that's my opener. That's, that's so scary. What do you think? I, I, so you okay. So your mum was having a dream. Asleep, right? And, then and she, she wakes up to like someone kind of going Ugh, and sitting down on the side of the bed. Like the bed kind of moves. She looks up. Omar's there, right? Pats her on the hair, kisses her on the forehead, and then she kind of drifts away. And mum's like, the fuck? And then kind of goes, whatever. Might have just been a dream. Woke up. Omar had died. Okay, so I'm going to take it to the to the most rational side of things then. Go that I think your mum had a dream that felt like... Your, she had a dream of your Oma, you know, coming sitting on the bed and giving her a kiss. But the fact that that happened on the night that your grandmother passed away, that is so scary. That it is, is so freaky. 100%, man. I mean, that's the thing. Is it would be so easy to go... Oh, it was just a dream. It was just a coincidence. But for it to happen that night... Yeah. And there's a lot of people that do say that. That when somebody passes on, they get that feeling. My dad had that same thing, right? Where he woke up at about 11 or 1 in the morning. And he said that he felt this tremendous weight on his chest. And he said that he couldn't breathe. And he was just thinking about his mom and his mom. And he was just thinking about his mom. And he's like, oh my gosh, I've got to call my mom. And he couldn't fall asleep for about half an hour. And then eventually he just, he felt a little bit better and he, he just, he just couldn't stop thinking about his mom and he went to bed and the yeah. next morning he woke up and he straight away called and, um, one of the nurses picked up and she was like, cause the, the nurse, uh, they were living in England. So he didn't yeah, want to phone yeah. at 11, you know, and then wake up the nurse or whatever. And she was like, yeah, your mom passed away last night yeah. at that time. That's creepy. So weird, eh? So scary. So that hundred percent of that happened to your mom. I, I definitely believe it. Next story, mum's asleep, right? And they're living in Geelong at this time. And she wakes up and there's a little boy uh, standing next to my father who's fast asleep. And the little boy's kind of just standing there and looking at dad. 
And then he kind of looks up at her and then same thing. Drifts away, she goes back to sleep, whatever. And doesn't think much about it. She's like, oh, that was a bit creepy, whatever. But then she, um, my dad kind of took her on a tour of this new school that he was teaching at. Kind of, they're in a new town. Come see where I work, or whatever. She's walking around and there's these old vintage pictures of um, the, the students from around, from back through history. And she doesn't see the kid, but the uniform that the boy was wearing was the old uniform from the early 1900s that they don't wear anymore. Damn. And um, it's like the old vintage uniform and he was wearing that, even though uh, the, the students these days wear something completely different. So that's kind of a bit creepy because how would she have known of what the old uniform was. And so you, so your mom was your mom was always like, "Oh my gosh, I recognize this uniform because of that dream that I had." Yeah, of the little boy standing in the corner. That one that one is good, but if I if I have if I have to try and dispute it, I'd probably say that you know, your mom might have seen that uniform in one of your dad's textbooks, mm. one of your dad's photos, and then she just kind of remembered it. Maybe. Because that that's a thing is like if, if if you told me that your mom woke up and saw it and then was so freaked out about this kid in a room and then she jumped up and she tried to go look for him and then he was gone and then she saw it, different story. But if your mom was kind of like, oh, saw it and then went back to bed, then I think to myself, oh, maybe it might have been a dream. Okay, I'm going to ramp it up now. This is not a dream. This is in the, in the twilight around about 5.30 p.m. Wide awake. She had gone for a, a walk around the block with the dogs and my dad and they were coming back home through the school because we were dad was a boarding house master so we had the boarding house master's house which is kind of connected to the school yeah um so we were they were walking through the school and you could clearly see the boarding house master's house on the other side of the road and the the house was kind of made where it was on about about 30 metres of grass on like a hill and it was completely clear. So you could see, clearly see the whole front of the house and down the sides, right? It was kind of like grass, 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 house. Does that make sense? Yeah. On like a plot of land. Um, the house was kind of created in a way that there was a master corridor that you could almost... It's like they call it a shotgun house in America. I've seen that. Because you could fire a shotgun from the front door and it would hit the back door because it's just a clear way, right? So there was like a, a corridor and then the whole front of the house was like a really long, skinny room. Uh, it probably would have been about five meters wide, like really skinny and really long. And we made that room the front kind of facade veranda-y, enclosed kind of space. And at the end was the... On the extreme left end was our study area. So mum and dad are walking clear as day and they see my sister walk up the corridor, enter the enclosed long skinny study space and walk from the right side of the front of the house all the way along the front to the computer, which was on the left. Probably a good 10 metres, like all the way to the left. Behind her were two men in different clothes and different heights following her. 
and they assumed it was my brother and his friend Sean who had come over because they were always hanging out, right? And so mum and dad came home and I think mum, as they were walking, went, oh, Marcus is here with Sean to dad. And they got home and they entered and uh, it was just my sister on MSN Messenger on the computer. And uh, mum said, oh, where's Sean and Marcus? And uh, Astrid, my sister, went, oh, I'm here alone. Damn. And your mum saw these two dudes were like from the back? They, they, they saw them walk behind my sister up the corridor, enter that front veranda and follow her to the computer and then like stand behind her looking at the computer. But hold on. Your mum saw, but, but she didn't see their faces. She just saw their clothes. No, saw like two guys. Yeah, but from the back? But like, or like from the side. From a distance? From a distance. Maybe like 40 metres away. 30, 40, 30 metres away as they approached the house from the other side of the road. And, and what was their clothing like? Was it sort of casual, what you would expect? It was somebody... kind of twilight, so it was more like silhouette But you could see that they were two men in like a coat and like the other one was like wearing a shirt. I don't know. That's, That's pretty it. freaky, man. That's pretty freaky. I'm trying to think about if your mom could have distinguished that's not my son or that mm. that looks it just looked like two men but the thing is you can tell who somebody is by the way that they walk though yeah so unless it was that dark that your mom unless it was just dark enough for your mom not to be able to sort of make out body movements but be able to make out that it's the shape of a man mm. and it looked close enough to your brother and his friend what do you think yeah I don't know that one's a creepy one because I'll, t- I'll tell this a bit later, but I saw people in that room as well. Really? Yeah, but I'll get to that soon. Cool. I think, I think that one's pretty good. I, I do think that that one happened, yes. All right, let's cut to my sister now. My sister was at school, right? And they went to Sydney on a field trip. And they went to a place called the Sydney Quarantine Station, which is a fucked place. I've been there myself, and it is a place of dread sadness and just evil what so back in the day when australia was being founded and people were coming over there was tb smallpox all that type of stuff so whenever they came to sydney they had to go through the sydney quarantine station where they would be quarantined for three four weeks or however long until they knew that they weren't bringing in any diseases into australia right but hundreds of thousands of people died at this place because they came on these ships from all over the world. So there's hundreds of thousands of people died at this location. And the ones that survived, they used to be forced into these shower blocks and then acid would be put into the water and they would be burned until their top layer of skin was singed off because they thought that that would stop the infection. It's a really horrible place. In fact, there's still natural springs of water but they can't use it for anything because the water goes through all of these dead bodies that were killed from TB and smallpox and all of these horrible diseases. It's sick. Yeah, it's a really weird place and apparently it's one of the most haunted places in the world. So my sister went there on a field trip. It's like a museum now. It's all as it was and you can walk around. I've been there myself. It's horrible. Can and you feel Can you feel like a, yeah. a bit of a different energy when you're in there? It's heavy feeling. And you feel like you're always being watched. It's like a really horrible Serious? Place. So she went there and 
It was a really dark and stormy night. There was a storm and windy. It was like a shit night to be out doing that type of thing. You know those typical school field trip days where it's like raining and windy and you mm. shouldn't be doing what you're doing, but the school's paid for it, so you go do it anyway. <laughs> so it was kind of like that. And they were at the 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 key kind of area, the dock, right? And the tour guide was talking about what it used to be, blah, blah, blah. She looked out into the, the harbour kind of area and it was really like wavy and dangerous. And she saw an old-fashioned little boat with two guys with like big raincoats on and one of them was holding an old-fashioned lantern and the other one was rowing like this. And she's like, that's kind of dangerous to like be doing that in this weather. And to like, as like a museum thing, like be dressing up and showing. Because at that time, the, the tour guide was like, and they used to have to go out on, the ships were docked out. And they so she thought to, it was like a reenactment. Yeah, she thought it was a reenactment. And then eventually the tour guide said, oh no, there's no one in costume or anything, it's just me. That's pretty good. That's <laughs> and then later good. on, when I went to the quarantine station, at that location they said, and a common ghost, we went on the ghost tour, and they said a common ghost that we see are two men in a rowboat. Serious? Yeah. Like 15, 20 years later. Oh, man. That's freaky. You and didn't um, see anything? And, uh, no, no, no. I didn't really see. I got, I felt in the morgue, I kind of felt fingertips down my leg like that. That was bad. But my sister, because uh, when they said that, I was like, hang on. I remember my sister's telling me they saw the, the, those two guys in the rowboat. That's pretty cool. Um, that reminds me of those sort of ghost hunter shows. Yeah. Have you ever seen them? There was this one where they, what they would do, there was this one show called, I think it was just called Ghost Hunters. What they would do is they would take a photo mm. and they would go, so this is the photo by itself. But if you pick up the contrast and remove this and then add the blue, this is what it comes out as. And there would sometimes be a figure. <laughs> and dude, that shit used to scare the hell out of me. So what do you think about that? Do you think that's true? Um, Could have just been two guys, I suppose. But why would they have an old lantern? I tell you what. Yeah, the old lantern. I think that that is... I think that one... I think even if that one was true, the reason it doesn't scare me as much is because I think of how far away they were. Yeah. I think that if... Like, for me to get super freaked out around this sort of stuff is if I think... Is if it happens close. Right, I got one for you then. So, that same house where my mum saw those two men, that house was haunted because we all saw different things in that house over the years that we lived there. But we never really discussed it until we moved house and moved city from Toowoomba to Brisbane. And then one night we were all talking about it and then eventually we started telling all of these same stories about all this weird shit that we'd all experienced in that house. And we all thought it was us, like just us that experienced weird stuff. But then... Uh, what was creepy was that all of our stories started to correlate. So there was this one story where in that house, I used to never sleep well. I actually, they thought something was wrong with me. Like I had like, like night terrors or sleep apnea or whatever it is. I used to have this dream that there was an old man that was on the far side of the house. And every night he would get a little bit closer, like a recurring nightmare. What did he look like? Um... Kind of like, 
just like an old man. He had like a like white hair that was like slicked back and a little bit of stubble, long nose. How was he built? Was he built skinny? Mediumish, like a big kind of, um, big kind of like tummy, but like a sturdy kind of keg like looking body. Yeah. Um, he had like a blue kind of really thick long sleeve shirt on. Anyway, I used to dream, but it was never like really clear, but I could just tell that there was like this presence that was getting a little bit closer every single night. Uh, eventually, um, I used to see stuff in my room. And then years later, probably a good five years later, um, we were having this conversation and my sister said, oh, I never slept well in that house. I used to have this dream that there was an old guy on the other side of the house and every night he would get a little bit closer. Damn. Until one night she woke up and he was over her like that and then pushed down and she woke up and could still feel the pressure on her chest. Dude, I got chicken skin again. <laughs> That's so freaky. I wonder what he wanted. I don't know. Oh man, that's 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 like the worst. You know, because that, that makes me think of the Conjuring. Have you seen Conjuring? Conjuring. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Number two. Yeah. The one with the uh, the old guy, Bill Wilkins. Yeah, like, it's like that. It's that's like what that. I'm imagining. Just that face. Oh, dude, you poor sister. Yeah. So you never experienced him getting getting relatively close to you. No, you, no. You had him come closer. Yeah, I could feel something creepy because that hallway up to her room was literally outside my door a little weird house my brother I was talking about my brother what he experienced this house was like old Australia kind of house like the door was like big timber slats like like it wasn't like a modern house at all and the house was kind of on a slant and there was a the main bathroom there was a separate toilet and he really had to just this door was like an old farm door almost. You really had to, and it had like an old, old kind of cast iron handle. You had to really go, and really go to open it because it was against the slant of the house. Yeah. So he used to, this was in his party phase. He was in his late teens, early twenties. Who's this? Your brother. My brother. And he used to come home late all the time. You see, it's kind of mum and dad, go now. And then you'd just, just come back later, whatever. <laughs> Um, typical kind of teenage boy kind of phase. Anyway, whenever he went to the toilet, he would come in, go to the toilet, maybe wash his face or whatever, go to bed. He said, without a fail, every time he went to the toilet, down the hallway, he would hear, and then someone heave open the bathroom door and slam it. Seriously? He said, without fail, every single time he went to the toilet after coming home from clubbing, he would hear footsteps, like a big heave, and then... And then he would open the toilet, go into the door, and there would be no one in there. Damn. But he would be on his way to that bathroom? He'd be in the separate toilet that was right next door. Oh, so when he was in there... So the toilet, he went into the toilet... And then the bathroom was next door with the big door. And yeah. he, without fail, he would hear someone come towards him and then open the door to the bathroom and close. And he always used to get scared because he was thinking, I've got to go wash my hands or whatever. I've got to go into that bathroom. Fucking ghost. You know? Damn, dude. Did you guys um, Did you guys never look into the history of the house? No. 
I, I, I don't know what that house is, but it was a very creepy kind of house. The, the youngest, the first experience that I had was that my, I was a little kid at the time. I was probably in the grade one, two and three. My, my room was the smallest and it was connected to mum and dad's by like a frosted glass window pane kind of um, two doors that kind of opened in the middle. Um, so I used to go into the lounge room through mum and dad's room. It was the easiest way. Otherwise, I had to go out my other door, go all the way around. Does that make sense? Yes. If you think about the layout of the house. So, on, so there was the door to my room, into mum and dad's room. And then on this side, on the right side, as you walked in, was, again, two frosted doors that opened in the middle that led into that skinny study room where my mum had seen those two men. So whenever I walked in, there was happened on two individual occasions. I remember as a child going into my room and then wanting to go into the lounge room, going through mum and dad's room. And as I went into mum and dad's room, I turned to my right and saw through the frosted glass um, like a figure of a man. And it would go left and right really, really quickly. Almost going like left, right, left, right, like shoo, shoo of a figure of a man couldn't have been a tree no it's like a clear thing of a dude and I remember the light almost getting like a little bit blue and it getting really cold and I, I remember feeling really really scared like terrified and I used to like go back into my room and it happened on one occasion I thought that was weird and then uh, on another but then I thought oh, it must have been in my imagination or whatever but then it happened again like maybe four or five months later I walked from my room into mum and dad's room, looked to the right and through the frosted glass was a figure of a man walking left and right and it was like, I just got this feeling of terror. That's scary, man. Yeah. That's really, really scary. I'm trying to sort of, I'm trying to sort of picture it and it's always tied to, to that old style of living and that old style of house. Like you wouldn't imagine an apartment being haunted for no. some reason. But even the house that you're in right now, it's kind of farmhousey. Mm. And when we went camping, I woke up at about four o'clock, and I wanted to just come and use the bathroom. Um, I just couldn't sleep anymore, and mm. I was started walking towards the house, and just because everything was so dark, there was nothing. I was like, "Oh my gosh, there is going to be a ghost," and I'm about to see <laughs> And I didn't see any. But just hearing you say these things, man, it must be. I think if I had to see it once, mm. if I just had to see it once, I think I'd be a believer. I wouldn't want to go in that house again. Like if they said, hey, do you want to go walk around your old house? I'd be like, fuck that. I'm not going in that house. Because there was one time where my sister was sitting and talking to my mum in the lounge room. I was talking about life or school or whatever. And my mum was talking to my sister. And apparently my sister stopped mid-sentence and just went white. And mum was like, what's wrong with you? And apparently my sister behind my mum saw someone peek out, look at them both and then go back. From the door that led to the hallway. Just a guy walked in, went, oh, and walk and keep back. What did that guy look like? Do you know? I can't. I never asked. I have to ask my sister. Oh, my gosh. That's freaky, dude. Yeah. Because that sort of reminds me of that Amityville horror photo. Yeah, have yeah. Have you seen that? That that boy, that little boy with the white eyes. Yeah, just kind of standing there. Dude, there's just, yeah, well, there's, there's two or three photos of quote-unquote ghosts that genuinely mm. scare the living hell out of me. There was another one where... in a So that was all in that one house. All in the one house that happened. 
in another house, my mum was just chilling in the lounge room alone. No one else in the house. And she heard this, this bang, like this huge bang out of nowhere from the second level. And the dog went nuts, started barking and sprinted up there. Woo, 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 woo. She went into her bathroom and there was maggots everywhere. What? Maggots? Maggots on the bathroom counter, on the floor, just everywhere. Just maggots everywhere. That's sick, dude. Well, I tell you what, you know what, speaking about that namely, I read this book by um, Ed Warren. Ed and Lorraine Warren. Yeah, the, yeah. The people from Conjuring. Um, it's basically them explaining, it was the very first book they wrote. And it was them going into a bit of a deep dive around demonic possession, what it entails, what causes it, uh, what the, the, the beginning stages and the warning signs are. And they, they, sort of, they sort of stand by this quote that was in the very first Conjuring movie when they're busy showing mm. the students who are sat around this presentation and it cuts to, or, or at the end, um, and it cuts to this yellow text, sort of old school newspaper where Lorraine says, um, we have dedicated our lives to understanding the, the delicate balance of our dimension or our world and, and the world beyond. And um, we know for a fact that there is a God and there is a devil. And it's up to us to choose who we follow and who we pursue with our time on this earth. And they sort of stand by that in this book. They speak about the idea that that demonic possession is extremely real based on purely things that they've seen. Mm. And he recounts a few stories. But the biggest thing that he touches on is exactly what demonic possession looks like from beginning to end and what the warning signs are. And... The idea of a demon and what its goal is, is to be as impure and ungodlike as possible. Mm. God is one way, one sort of, one sort of um, collection of attributes. And the devil wants to be the exact opposite of that, right? So in the book, he speaks about what the devil and his demons would do in order to manifest themselves on this planet. And it's all things like maggots, mm. feces, urine, sulfur, rotten flesh. Those sort of things will manifest itself. Uh, those sort of smells will be exposed. And those, um, those sort of evil and impure avenues will be explored by a demon to sort of show its presence, to show its, um, its authority wherever it, wherever it might be trying to impose its authority, right? Mm. And it's such an interesting read where he speaks about exactly what it looks like. A, a demonic possession can take a day or it can take 10 years or it can take even longer than that. And it could be a wide variety of demons, or it could be one demon with a specific goal. And um, he says that the number one way that it ever happens, the number one way is a demon wants to get into this sort of dimension, in this sort of world, and in this sort of vessel that, they, they, that you have. Um, and the, and the, the number one way that that happens is through Ouija boards.
Ouija boards. They yeah. say that. So he says that out of all the demonic possessions that he has seen, the people that he has exercised, the experiences that he's had with the otherworldly and the very evil, the number one place where all of that started was somebody playing with a Ouija board. Mm. I don't know what my point was. Yeah. Well, it was creepy. They're like, she tried to explain it like maybe a bird brought in a dead animal and then like that was what the bang was and then maybe it flew away could be i don't know could be you know um and it's strange i obviously don't think your mom is possessed (laughs) or anything like that but it it could it could be it could have been that in that house there was some sort of dead animal strange presence that wanted to make itself known maybe i mean that's what happened with annabelle in um yeah in in that movie is that you know, this this demon started to communicate with these group of people and convince them that he was this girl, or that it was this little girl, and that it wanted to get into the doll. And as soon as it was given permission, it then foregoed that and manifested its true self mm. and its true intentions, which carried with it, you know, impurities mm. and evil. It's scary, man. Read that book. Yeah, I will. Let oh, me you tell will. you, to finish off, I'll tell you some of the things that I've experienced firsthand. So some of the clearest things that I've ever seen was we were on a, a trip to, I believe, Canberra to uh, see my sister for something. And we had stopped on at Newcastle on the way, which is about two hours north of Sydney, maybe. About five, six hours south of Brisbane, kind of on the coast between Brisbane and Sydney. And we'd stopped at this kind of little bed and breakfast kind of thing and it was like a really creepy kind of house like there was like pictures of the owners like grandchildren around and little knitted blankets it was really gross it's kind of like staying in a grandparents house that aren't your grandparents i didn't like it i hate bed and breakfasts i want my accommodation to be as nothing as possible as like white marble countertop (laughs) i don't want nothing i don't want anything to make it feel like home I want it just clear, clean, almost like hospital-like. I understand what you're saying, and I, 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 I agree with you. So, um, I wake up, I, kinda, I can't sleep, because uh, I'm wearing, I'm in like a little bed that's got like a knitted blanket on it. No, tell a lie. Initially, I was in a side room connected to the bathroom that had a baby's cot in it. And I was like, eh, whatever. And I was like in a bunk bed. And... I kept getting woken up because I went top bunk, obviously. And I kept getting woken up by this feeling of dripping water on my forehead. I used to get woke, and I was thinking, oh, there's obviously a leak in the roof where I'm sleeping over a pipe or something. And I kept getting this feeling of water water on my forehead. And I, kept, I turned on the light. It was pissing me off. Turned on the light, and there was just a normal roof. There was no crack, there was no water, there was no damp, there was no pipe, and my pillow was bone dry, and my forehead was dry. But I kept getting this feeling, and it happened like a good 12, 14 times. It just drip, and I'm like, that. it kept waking me up. So I was like, ah, screw this. So I went into the main room, through the bathroom, into the kind of the main area uh, where mum and dad were, and there was like this separate bed. There was like a kid's bed, but I kind of crumpled myself up and I couldn't sleep because I take ages to get to sleep and the water on my head was pissing me off 
I was in a bad mood and I'm in this little kid's bed with like a handmade quilted blanket. It was just gross, right? I didn't like it. Anyway, I turn over and there's like a, there's someone standing in the corner and I thought it was dad, mum and or dad or whatever, just standing there. Obviously they'd gotten up to go to the toilet or but I was looking at it, and usually if it's like a dream or whatever, you kind of blink. I, I hadn't gone to sleep at this stage. I was kind of just lying in bed like this. And I was kind of looking at it, and I was like blinking. I was trying to adjust my eyes. And usually if it's bullshit, it kind of goes away. But it's just like not going, and I was like... Eventually I kind of got up on my elbow, and I was like this, like in, in the bed. And it just, there's just someone kind of standing there like swaying like this. And I thought... That's weird. What are they doing? Is, uh, is mum or dad sleepwalking or something? That's, that's weird. But as my eyes adjusted to the dark, I saw that mum and dad were both asleep in the bed. So, And then my heart started to beat that, fuck, there's someone in the room. There's someone else. Because both of my parents were accounted for and there's this person just standing there. And it wasn't going. And I, I would have looked at this person for a good 45 seconds. I'm not joking. Just like, just, and it just wasn't going. What could you make out of them? It was very dark and I could see a silhouette and I could see the hairstyle and vaguely the clothes that they were wearing. But I couldn't see, I could see kind of the silhouette of their face, but I couldn't make out eye colour or skin colour or anything. It's like a dark silhouette. I was going like this. Eventually, it was kind of swaying back and forth, and eventually it started to skip. And it was a little girl, and she had two plaits in her hair, and she kind of like walks like a little kid, like this. Like, not full on skipping, but like kind of bouncing. How old do you think she was? Nine. And I could see the plaits in her hair and the way she was, and the plaits jumped. As she went. And I would have been looking at her for a good minute by now. And she walked kind of down the room. And then my dog uh, was asleep at the end of the bed. And she stopped and looked at the dog. And kind of crouched down like little kids do. And put her hand out like that. And started to pat the dog. And then my dog went... Really? My dog went like, Bruh. like, what the fuck? <laughs> and then she <laughs> melted into the floor and disappeared. And my heart at this was just going insane. And I got my phone and I turned the light on and nothing was there. And that woke up mum and dad. And they're like, well, what are you doing? And I was like, there was just someone there. And they're like, what? And eventually we turned the light on. I went and looked in the bathroom. I looked out into the hallway. I went into the room that I was in with the, the water drips. I looked under the bed. Like usually, sometimes I get sleep paralysis and I see shit, but it goes quick. And I can go, oh, that's not real. But this time, I was convinced that someone was in the room. I was like looking around. I'm like, no, that can't have been real. That can't have happened. Okay. I was out, I was looking around, I went into the rooms, I was like, that's fucked. There's no way, that's bullshit. Okay, well, obviously, if that is true, that's the scariest 
of all the stories. <laughs> I got one or two questions. Uh, firstly, did you fall back asleep afterwards? No. I was awake for basically the rest of the night, petrified. So, so what, what were you doing? Just laying there trying to... I was laying look? in bed and I was just looking at where she was. And eventually, uh, sometimes I'd turn my phone light on and just look. And I I think I only went to sleep from pure exhaustion at like 4.30 in the morning. Did you did you try and wake up your mom and your dad and say things like, Mom, Dad, you won't believe what I just saw? Yeah, I did. And after it happened, it did. You literally woke them up straight away? Yeah. I turned the light on and then they got woken up by my phone light. Yeah. And then I woke them up and I said, there you told was them? someone in the room. And you were, you were sort of adamant, like, Mom, Dad, you, you have to believe what I'm telling you. Yeah. You won't believe what I just I saw. Was, I'm so scared. I was petrified, and I was angry at myself that I'd seen what I'd seen, and I was refusing to believe what I'd seen. I Damn. was going into rooms. I was out in the hallway trying to find... What were your parents' reactions? They were like... Oh, don't worry about it. We'll sort it out tomorrow. That was Dad's reaction. <laughs> don't worry about the ghost. Mum was like, that's that's weird. But they didn't really care all too much. Unless somebody sees it themselves, it's so hard to sort of put that in to, to give them that same we fear. We told the bed and breakfast people in the morning. Wait, don't tell me this yet. Okay. I want to ask two more questions. Firstly, in terms of clothes, what sort of clothes was she wearing? Like a, like a checkerboard kind of dress. Like a skirty dress. Like an old school style of clothing or a new school style of clothing? Maybe like 60s. Kind of like a checkerboard dress that stopped here with like high socks. Okay. And like a black leather clip-on okay. shoes. So when she was skipping and she was skipping past your bed. It was on I... the other side of mum and dad. So there was my bed, gap, their bed, her. So, oh, so, so she skipped past your parents' bed. Yeah. And the dog was sleeping on your parents' bed. No. So she was on the other side of the room. So it was me, gap, bedside table, bed, bedside table, ghost. <laughs> yeah. Right? She went down the length. She's probably in line with dad's head and then skipped down the length of the room. And my dog was sleeping at the end of the bed on the floor. And she skipped down, oh, saw my dog, knelt down, patted it, and then woke it up. And the dog, like, growled. And then she disappeared. Okay. So she never came closer to you than that? No. She would have been about three meters away. Okay. At any stage, did she look at you? No. Could you make out any facial details? Bit of a pudgy cheek. Bit of a kind of a short, snubby kind of nose. Yeah. Um, but eyes, you couldn't see eyes? Not particularly. It was more of like a silhouette. Okay. Um, and then lastly, when when she sort of, as you said, melted into the floor, mm. what, what, did, what did that kind of look like? She was there, and then it kind of just... <sighs> like, she, did, she kind of was there, and then she wasn't. Kind of like a vapor? A vapor being absorbed into the floor? It's kind of like... Or she just went transparent. Not really transparent. It's like a shadow that just went darker and then was then the same shade as the rest of the room. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. That's, that's really scary, man. Okay, tell me what they said when you went downstairs so the next day. They said that the B&B is notoriously haunted 
and people see stuff all the time and that they believe the B&B is a portal and there's shit every... There's a... The, the owner is the most known ghost and he has a men's room down in the basement and women feel really sick when they're in there because it was like a men's only kind of room. That's what they said. They said they'd never heard of a little girl before but that people say shit all the time. That is so scary, man. Yeah. That is so scary. I don't know what I, I don't know what I'd do. I don't know what I'd do. I was terrified. We had to sleep there for another night too. Did you? Yeah. That's <laughs> fucked. I, um, as I said, I've never had any sort of paranormal experience mm. at all. Not in the slightest, but I've always been a bit of a sort of, a bit of a believer because I just think that due to the intricacies of our world, I think that it's a very real mm. possibility, but if I had to see something like that. I could even draw, the next morning I drew what I'd seen. And really? It was, yeah. And it was, I think I posted it to Facebook as well. I could show you. My oh, drawing. dude, I'd love if you showed me. Um, the other one, the only other one that I have is that we went on a tour of, um, Geelong jail, which is like an old Victorian convict jail. And, um, we went into the main kind of cell block area. Yeah. And down the right side, it was a weird, so it was a weird time of year. I'd gone down with, with my partner and my sister lives in Geelong. So we were staying with my sister we thought as, as a fun thing to do together, we'd go on a ghost tour of this abandoned prison. So, oh, that'd be so spooky. Let's do it. So we did it and we booked it at a weird time. So usually this, this ghost tour is like 40, 50 people in the, in the cell block. When we went, it was just us and the tour guide. So it was almost like a private tour of this massive abandoned prison. And this was one of the worst, most notorious prisons in Australia. Um, had basically been around since convict era. So we walked in and then as soon as we, we went in during like twilight, so maybe it was still, the sun was still up, but barely. And the, the sun, you could kind of come in as rays through the, the, the roof. You know, kind of, and like we were inside and inside it's like cement, but kind of like the same light as you'd be in like a big warehouse thing. So it's like with no lights on, so... If there's a, a little alcove, it's pretty dark, but you can still easily see. But if there's a really dark kind of part of the jail or whatever, it, it can be almost black. So it's probably about 5.30, 6pm, and we go in, and down the right side is like this... Uh, so the, it's designed in, in a way where the guards could see any cell at any time. So it's really long, and we just cell, 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 really long prison block. And then down the far end, there's the, on, the, on the far end wall is wire, um, wire kind of steps, metal steps up to the second floor, and then up again. There's two levels of just cell, 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 cell. Huge thing, right? Would have had thousands of prisoners in it at one point. And then so there's the metal stairs, and then there's on the far end behind the stairs, under the stairs, there's a, a door to the left and a door to the right. On the door to the left, it's pretty dark. But there's a shadow in there that's that's almost darker than the, than the room. It's like a shadow, a shadow. So it's like a dark room, but then there was a shadow of a man there that was darker than the shadows. So it wasn't like a guy's in there and I could see a guy, but it was like a weird humanoid kind of silhouette, kind of standing there. And when when we walked in, it turned and walked away. 
And I thought, uh, being kind of it's in the afternoon, there'd be tons of like workers or whatever. But eventually, the tour guide said that we were the only ones in the whole building. And I said, well, I saw a guy as we first walked in, standing there. And eventually we went down into that alcove to see what's actually down there. And that was the segregation cell for extremely violent or notorious prisoners, like protected prisoners. And that where he walked was into the private uh, exercise yard in the cage. Damn. And then when we were in the morgue, um, we were talking about uh, a prisoner got shanked and killed in the kitchen next door. And then the hugest bang, like someone slamming their hand just happened. And even the tour guide was like, what was that? Serious? Yeah. And we had these torches and we went out and we saw it and I was like, hello. (laughs) Hello. There's no one there. Dude, so when something like that happens, surely you would think to yourself, you'd, Naturally, you would just want to say, I think we should leave. Or would you want to carry on immersing yourself in that strangeness? I would like to know what the hell's going on. I'm quite curious about it because I like to think I'm very rational and I'm very logical and that a lot of that is bullshit and a lot of that I've seen can be easily explained. So when I see it, I'm more fascinated. Like, I even went to a cemetery with a a ghost uh, ghost voice box as for fun, so there's this belief that if you play static, ghosts can speak to you through the through the static. They can use the white noise, so you can have you can even get an app on your phone. It goes through radio stations at like fifty radio stations per second, so it's just and sometimes um, you hear voices through that allegedly, right? And to hear a voice means that you would have to have the same voice saying the same sentence that logically makes sense across 100 to 150 radio stations. So to hear a sentence is almost logically impossible, right? Mm. So I, I've taken that as for fun. My partner's scared of it. And I'm like, no, nah, come on. I turn it on. She's like, no, turn it off. I'm like, no, let's see what we can do. Because we watch those stupid ghost shows as well. And they always have the spirit box. And I'm like, I've got a spirit box. Let's hear what it says. And initially I did it as bullshit. But on maybe five occasions, I've heard something come through that logically makes sense. And it's been pretty creepy. Um... In Tuong Cemetery, in the Irish section, the Catholic Irish Catholic section, I heard an Irish voice come through because I was asking, like, is anyone here? And through the spirit box, I heard an Irish voice go, Where's that voice coming from? Serious? Yeah. Is that voice coming from? Yeah, like that. Dude. I had an Irish voice. man. And then the, the one, the best one was. I was in this, uh, in, in regional Australia, there was this um, POW camp um, during World War One or Two, where they had Japanese prisoners of war and Italians and whatever. I think World War Two. And anyway, the Italians thought it was great. They used to like make their own little buggy cars and used to like make paint and stuff when they were prisoners of war. They loved it because they, they were out of war, they were safe. But the Japanese were very... They had a lot of honour, right? And they didn't want to be prisoners of war. So um, one night, the Japanese prisoners stormed the guards 
and they climbed the barbed wire fences and tried to escape. And these Australian soldiers, two of them got up in their pyjamas and manned a machine gun and, and tried to fire it back. And the Japanese, so many were killed by the machine gun that it eventually created almost like a, a ladder over the barbed wire fence. And all the Japanese soldiers were stuck in the fence and shot and killed. And they climbed over, killed the Australian soldiers and then escaped into the Australian countryside. That all, that all is a true story. That all happened. Damn. And you can go to where this place is. And they've still got um, remains of the POW camp there. And I went to the exact location where the machine gun was. They have a little plaque saying this is where the gun was that was shooting all the Japanese soldiers. And I said to the Australian soldiers, how did it feel when all of these Japanese soldiers were coming at you? And in an Aussie voice, it came through the spirit box. It was terrifying, is what it said, coming through the, the ghost, the, the, the voice box. That's freaking scary, man. Yeah. So it may be bullshit. I think maybe sometimes your brain sometimes like fills in the gaps and, and it says what you want it to say. So maybe. But there was one occasion with my partner where it was... I, so she had it in her hand and it was in Tuonga Cemetery again. And I, I got her to go maybe 20 metres away with the spirit box. And I said, if there's anyone here that wants to communicate, can you go tell that girl over there uh, the name that I'm reading on this tombstone in front of me? And it said Sarah, something like that. I can't remember the name. It was definitely Sarah. Though. And then um, I'm kind of waiting and, and, and my partner's face was going like, like trying to understand. And then afterwards I said, did you hear anything? And she said, yeah, it was like a name. It's like a Sarah or something like that or something Sarah. That's so freaky. And I didn't say anything. I, I wasn't like, did you hear Sarah? Or anything like that. Did She's I... a bit of a medium as well. So there was in Tuong Cemetery as well, there was, um, I think I've told you this, it was like a 40 degree day in Brisbane and she was just walking home and she thought it'd be fun to walk through via the cemetery or whatever. And she saw a guy in like a massive black coat, like near her. And then she kind of did a double take and suddenly he was gone. Yeah, you told me about yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. That one cool. that one is pretty good. It's like the thing is after a certain point, right? It gets a little bit like you can only believe you can only believe a ghost story up until a certain point. Mm. I think that the only rational way to, to to get a good grasp of it is if somebody had to see it themselves, which is why I think we should take a day, the four of us as a band. Go ghost hunting. We should, we, should, we should book a ghost hunting tour. Man. I love spooky stuff. Whenever I go traveling, I like to go see the spooky stuff of the location that we're in. Well, that was pretty good, man. What a fantastic... Factor of fiction. You believe what you want to believe. Scary episode. I may have episode. been bullshitting this entire time. Or you can believe. Cherry pick what you want to believe. But it is creepy when it happens to you. You've got to try and make sense of it. That was scary, man. Anyway. Liam. Thank you. My pleasure. We shall see you on the next episode, gang. Thank you, guys. Enjoy. See you in the next one.